Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Final Series with a look at Kylo Murray. My apologies, the last few episodes of this, the audio was not perfect. Plugged in my uh, audio thing in the wrong plug. Considering moving to Cincinnati in the future, people, just so I can get top-notch audio at all times, I know incredibly important, professional, to give you guys the best audio video quality possible. I'm striving to do that. I'm striving to slow the hell down. But also, as always, I am striving to give you the best and most complete fantasy information possible. So, we're going to focus on that with a look at Kyler Murray. And people, I want to say one of my favorite comparisons that I've thought of in the past week is this one. 2019 Browns equal 2020 Cardinals equal 2021 Bengals. And what I mean, we have a number one overall QB entering their second year in an offense with a newly acquired stud wide receiver that might just be overshadowing offensive line defensive deficiencies. And I think that's what we saw happen to the Cardinals last year because all three of those squads, again, 2019 Browns, 2020 Cardinals, and now 2021 Bengals, very hyped. Not necessarily Super Bowl hyped, but playoff hyped. People thought of them as legit contenders, and that was the case for Kyler and company going into last year, getting DeAndre Hawkins. Year two, Kyler and Cliff, there were a lot of pieces in place and deserved optimism, didn't quite see it come to fruition. It wasn't awful, and we actually didn't see the defense and O-line really fall to, I guess, the depths of hell that I was almost expecting. 12th-ranked scoring defense, PFF's 12th-ranked offensive line by the end of the year. The bigger issue was actually Kyler Murray suffering a shoulder injury in week 10 against the Seahawks. He actually said it originally happened against the Dolphins, re-aggravated against the Seahawks. Either way, six and three start ended up being spun undone by a two and five skid, left them with that eight and eight third place finish. So really some of the issues that I thought were going to be more of a kryptonite for them weren't. This is a team with an expected, uh, this point differential of a nine and seven team. So the Cardinals actually don't have too many holes, I think, to fill at this point. We'll get to their off season a little bit later. But the big thing, I guess, Kyler Murray before that shoulder injury was nothing short of an absolute game breaker, people. I mean, Truly, if we look at just the, what quarterbacks have been able to do in NFL history in terms of fantasy points per game, the, I guess, cross holder, cross bear, the number one guy looking for a better adjective there. Number one quarterback in fantasy points per game in a single season in NFL history, 2019 Lamar Jackson at 27.7. And we have 2020 Dak Prescott, 2011 Aaron Rodgers, 2018 Patrick Mahomes, 2010 Michael Vick, 2020 Kyler Murray in weeks one through 10 people, 29.3 fantasy points per game. He was on pace to break the freaking position with what he was doing. And I mean, a lot of it was just coming from his rushing ability. I mean, if you just look last year at rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and you only take the fantasy points from those two categories, Murray was 12th among everybody. He's basically giving you RB1 rushing production and he's getting all the passing stuff like just on the side. You know, it's like how we kind of use that stat for like McCaffrey and Kamara to show how their receiving workload is unfair. You know, say it's a lot on this podcast. We have two real cheat codes that we can take advantage of in fantasy football. It's a scrambling QB and it's the receiving running back and Kyler Murray was scrambling and running around almost better than anyone we've ever seen. Like he is in the same tier as Lamar Jackson as a running threat. It is that wild. Put on the highlights from last year. Like take, take 10 minutes at the end of your night, get a bowl of popcorn, get some sheesh, watch Kyler Murray's rushing highlights and you will be taken aback. I mean, he is that legit. And you know, he's also not bad as a passer, similar to Lamar Jackson. We're always going to get people hating on Kyler. You know, I can't always quite put my finger on why it could be, but you know, I just think they're so good as a rusher. We almost can't fathom how they could also be a very good passer. And I, I think Kyler actually gets a little more benefit of the doubt than Lamar as he, you know, honestly, kind 
kind of should. I do think Kyler has a higher overall ceiling as a pure, you know, pocket passer than Lamar. The height thing, throwing over the middle of the field, yeah, that could always be a, an issue. I'm just basing it on what we saw in 2020. And in 2020, Kyler ranked 12th among 44 quarterbacks in PFF passing grade, 21st in QB rating, tied for 20th in big time throw rate, tied for eighth in turnover worthy play rate, 27th in yards per attempt, and tied for 18th in adjusted completion rate. So Kyler, by any metric you want to pull up last year, wasn't above average quarterback passing the ball. And like I said, we all know just how special he is as a rusher. So I guess the big thing for Kyler and we saw him despite having the fall off at the end of the year where he just was not running as much. I mean, it's, it's funny. Uh, one of my favorite accounts on Twitter was my favorite account for, you know, still might be uh, bets. He was all at all 22 for a while at chalkboard. Now fantastic account. Doesn't always have the nicest things to say about my employer uh, PFF, but anyway, he was making fun of PFF and the thing I said, where I equated uh, you taking away Kyler Murray's legs to when Alvin Kamara was under center with or was playing with Taysom Hill and he wasn't receiving like taking away Alvin Kamara's receiving ability was like taking away Kyler Murray's legs. Does that make any sense in a real life football conversation? No, that's why I was getting chastised on social media. That's okay though. I got thick skin. I can handle it. The point is in fantasy land, it took away a dual threat capability from Kyler and that's what made him so special. So you take away Kyler's legs. It's just like when you take away Alvin Kamara's receptions. They become a lot more mortal in a hurry. So truly people, I mean, after that Seahawks game, we saw three straight weeks where Kyler did not get over five rush attempts. And he came back a little bit more at the end of the year. He had 13, eight, eight, and two, but my goodness, I mean, before that injury happened, Kyler had at least eight rush attempts in all, but two of his previous games and the four previous games, it was 10, 14, 11, and 11. So it's funny, you know, if you look back at the running back finishes from last year, Kenyon Drake was actually uh, this, I think he finished as a legit RB one might've been borderline. A lot of that was volume. Sure. But also a lot of that was him just benefiting from Kyler, not running around like such a madman for the second half of the year. So Kyler Murray was still high end QB one, even with that injury and without the injury, he was on pace to be one of the greatest, literally the greatest QB one that fantasy football has ever seen. So the question is, can this new looked version of the Arizona offense really take him back to maybe even greater heights than what we saw in weeks one through 10, because now we have Larry Fitzgerald gone, which is good. Arizona legend, I get it, just has not been that same guy over the past two years. And him taking snaps away from guys like Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk in the slot, was problematic. The issue, I guess, is that I'm not so convinced that A.J. Green isn't going to be leaned on far more than any of us would. Maybe A.J. Green just needed an extra year away from the injury. I'm not buying that Joe Burrow's deep ball was the issue last year. A.J. Green was open for exactly one of his 24 deep ball targets. And if, you know, if Joe Burrow was the problem, how come we didn't see that with Higgins, with Boyd? Hell, you know, Andrew freaking Eric's, Alex Erickson, messing up my co-host with the Bengals, longtime backup receiver. Uh, you know, Alex freaking Erickson was averaging more yards per out run than AJ Green last year. It was awful. But this is the quote that concerns me from Kingsbury. I thought we were going to have great competition before this pick talking about Rondale Moore. You got DeAndre, you got AJ, then you got some younger guys that are kind of battling it out. This guy jumps right into the middle of it in that group. The good thing is we believe all of them can play and smart and start and contribute at a high level. Competition only makes that room that much better. That sounds to me like Cliff is for some reason putting AJ Green ahead of Kirk, ahead of Isabella, ahead of Rondale Moore. Hey, if he's getting 2011 to 20, you know, 18 AJ Green, great. 
then he's right. And we'll have to get back on the AJ green train. I'm just saying people, AJ green is on my ages list for a reason. He looked like a shell of himself last year. And it's just going to have to be something that we're going to need to see to believe that's getting turned around. You know, we've, we've been calling cliff, you know, potential fake sharp on this podcast throughout the season and quotes like that are not helping because I want Rondale Moore to work. I saw this dude go freaking ape shit against my Buckeyes a couple of years ago. And I couldn't figure out who this pint sized playmaker was. Turns out he's one of the best dudes in the freaking country with the ball in his hands one of my favorite comps from this entire offseason was pff's own austin gale who compared rondale Moore uh as julio jones stuck in cole beasley's body fantastic stuff and is he gonna get the ball though and it's he should he's the 49th overall pick why would you not want to get this guy the ball i don't know i have asked the same question about andy isabella who had you know he's a different player also a second round pick for the Cardinals. Also someone that draft Twitter loved and have plenty of hype. He has 48 targets in 28 career games. So when I hear Cliff throwing Rondale in that group, like, no, I'm not all that confident that he's going to be getting a bunch of design touches. Maybe, 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 maybe they treat him a little more like a running back and give him a lot of Chase Edmonds short design screen stuff. I think that would be smart. We'll see how it plays out. But either way, I, I would say not a huge upgrade overall, but if we're looking at the wide receiver room, AJ Green and Fitz, let's call that a wash. And then you put in Rondale Moore. Kyler objectively has better weapons to throw to. And I think when you consider also Kenyon Drake being switched out for James Conner, I don't think that's necessary. You could even argue that's a downgrade just in that group, but it could be an upgrade overall if it means Chase Edmonds, who's a superior pass down back to both of them, is on the field more often. So if Kyler this year basically has Rondale Moore and Chase Edmonds out there more often in place of Larry Fitzgerald and Kenyon Drake, I think that's going to be a win for him. The question is, I guess our last question before we get on to our ranks and stuff, what is Kyler's rushing workload going to look like? Because again, last year he was on pace to be the single most productive rushing quarterback ever before that injury. And he's come out in this offseason and already say he doesn't want to run as much as he did last year. He said he wants to treat his legs as more of a luxury, not exactly something that he leans on because, and he was right. I mean, once the defense is in, more realistically, his shoulder was able to take away his legs. I mean, we just saw the offense really fall off a cliff, and that's why they had that two and five finish. I would just say, people, you know, Lamar Jackson said the same exact thing before last year that he was going to run less, and he was to start until the Ravens, you know, six, seven weeks into the year, saw what their offense looked like and had to revert back to Lamar, put the freaking team on your back and try to run and run for touchdowns as often as you can. So, Kyler, you know, it's, it's a reason why I don't have him as my overall QB1. I don't think we're going to see quite the same level of rushing, but if we don't see the same level of rushing, that's going to be because he's having more success as a passer and they're more comfortable uh, with that, with that Avenue of picking up yards. And if that's the case, like, okay, it's not going to be as fantasy friendly because we want those rushing yards. But again, Kyler, you could take five fantasy points away from his average in weeks one through 10 last year. And he still would have been a top five overall QB on the season. So uh, my PFF Lily matchup stat takes me right into that. And by the way, people uh, had a funny Twitter conversation. Lily, PFF Lily, that is my dog. Uh, someone thought this was like some advanced uh, PFF stat and they were trying to figure out, you know, the uh, what like Lily stood for e each word. So no, PFF Lily is my dog. I enjoy incorporating uh, that, my tw 28 pound wiener dog into this. So 
PFF Lily is not. This special stat PFF has just my dog. With that said, Kyler had an additional 21.5 fantasy points than the QB2 who was Josh Allen during the first 10 weeks of the year, even though the Cardinals had already had their buy. So Josh Allen was the QB2 in weeks one through 10. He had already played 10 games. Kyler still had 21.5 additional fantasy points. You know what, Lamar Jackson, when we were talking about him, uh, I believe last week, I said at his best, he has been the single best fantasy quarterback we've ever seen over a course of 16 games. Kyler doesn't have the 16 game sample, but in terms of that 10 game sample, he was the most productive fantasy QB we have ever seen. And that takes me to my rank. Kyler Murray is my QB three right behind Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Same tier as Lamar Jackson, and Dak Prescott, honestly, with these quarterbacks, I mean, you could flip my rankings in that top five and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. Ultimately, I think Kyler has a higher rushing floor in Dak and a higher passing ceiling than Lamar. That's why I have him at three. I just think Mahomes and Josh Allen, the way they're offenses are set up for them to you know still just basically put up points every single quarter and with their also rushing attempt uh, potential I mean Mahomes inside the five yard line is a godsend Allen obviously I think he's like eighth or ninth in rushing touchdowns since getting into the league they both have enough rushing touchdown equity for me to put them ahead of uh, Kyler here in this conversation so PFF projections actually has Kyler a little bit lower lower QB seven and they have him only getting 105 rush attempts fewer than Josh Allen fewer than Lamar and only 24 passing scores so i'm a little more bullish than you know our projections but i do think that kyler again chase that ceiling people it's, it incentivizes you in these ranking competitions to, uh, you know, not really take a stand on players. And if you do want to kind of buy into uh, Kyler, maybe not taking a big leap for as a passer or, or dialing back the rushing ability, like, yeah, I could see that coming to fruition. But again, I'm chasing those ceilings. And Kyler has shown us that his ceiling is higher than just about anybody else. So people, if you have enjoyed this podcast, and I really hope you do, you know, y'all my favorite, favorite people out there, I encourage you to check out our podcast network, which covers everything NFL, college and fantasy football. You can recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gales, two from one drafts podcast, or get all the 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast. And also if you like fantasy football and if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out underdog fantasy underdogs got everything, including season long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season long game. We draft a team like you normally do, but that's it. There's no in season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. Go to underdog fantasy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF edge, you know, subscription. It's promo code PFF draft now at under, dog fancy quick note guys i want to get one last thing off my chest before i get out of here i don't know if you caught the westminster dog show it was this past sunday i am furious at this people we keep having these weird ass dogs win the dog show competitions and if we're trying to crown the best dog in the world like how are you going to tell me this poodle that doesn't even look like a dog is winning that was like in 2019 and then last year we had something named a uh, uh pekingese like this freaking dog, you can barely even see its legs because the hair's everywhere. Like nobody in their right mind would ever call one of these things like your favorite dog, except their owners, which I respect. Every you know dog that is your dog is the best dog in the world. But come on, can we just get a regular hound? I'm not even saying like, yeah, I would love dachshunds to win. I'm a wiener dog stan. I get it. But come on, just not something that looks like it hasn't you know, ever rolled around in the mud. I mean, these dogs with their freaking fancy hair and all this, I think it's a shame to all the hounds, all the more real looking dogs out there. And I won't have it. So Westminster, you know, I love your dog show. And I think you guys do a good job promoting 
you know, the good boys and girls all around the world and our, our canine friends. But my goodness, give a real dog that award next year. Otherwise, I will once again be pissed on Twitter. So thank you as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. New episodes every single day of the week. Hope you enjoyed the Mike Davis interview on Monday. We'll continue to try to get as many NFLers on here throughout the offseason. So thank you for tuning in. I'm Ian, Ian Hardy. So until next time, take care of everybody. 